Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. I'm Jackie Cation. I'm your host of the Dork Forest. Jackie Cation. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. FamilyPetAncestry.com was purchased by me because it made me laugh. I laughed, you guys. And it just points to JackieCation.com. Everything is available on JackieCation.com or DorkForest.com. The Dork Forest is a podcast, and it is available on iTunes, AllThingsComedy.com and probably repurposed by any number of other vehicles to put on a device of your uh, choosing. Let's do the credits. The credits. Uh, Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. Mike Rickberg composed and sang the song you just heard, sang with his wife, Sarah. Mike will sing again his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Vilmos fixes the website, JackieCation.com. Jackie, there, if you like the show, there are many ways to support the show, not the least of which, and not unappreciated, word of mouth. Let the, let the people know. You can tag me on Twitter at Jackie Cation and or Facebook. There's a ranger page on Facebook if you want to join and talk to other rangers of the Dork Forest. And you could talk up the show. That'd be a great way to support the show. Very basic way to support the show is there's a PayPal donation button. Knock yourselves out. You may donate hard cash. I have one uh, person who donates via Venmo because she doesn't like PayPal. But I appreciate whatever's happening. You can use the Amazon banner. The Amazon banner is also just a it's available on dorkforest.com or jackiecation.com. It's a little link to Amazon, essentially. It's a portal to Amazon. You order like normal. It doesn't cost you extra. The Dork Forest gets a bit of a kickback. That is a way to support the show that doesn't cost you anything if you order from Amazon. Another way to do it would be to get merch. If you want a Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt or just the logo Dork Forest t-shirt, my stand-up shirt, the Spooky Reading Girl shirt, those are all available on the store page on JackieCation.com, along with my albums and uh, DVD. You can get all of my albums and DVD as downloadable. iTunes, Amazon, the special, the Horcrux special, this will make an excellent Horcrux special, is available on ComedyFilmNerds.com on their downloadable page. and you can, Or you can get a hard copy of the DVD from JackieCation.com. I have a new album, speaking of which, just came out March 3rd, 2017, to, uh, I did good, you guys. I was on the top of the list on Amazon and, and iTunes, and I never have been, so I'm going to toot my own horn. It is called I Am Not the Hero of This Story. It is available for download from Amazon, from iTunes, and it will be available from hard, co- as a hard copy at the, by the end of the month, um, I'm getting them printed up, and you can, you'll be able to order them in the store from JackieCation.com. If you are in another country besides the United States, well, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, um, you can, and iTunes or Amazon isn't working for you, email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com, and I have a way that you can just buy a $10 download card, and I just send you a picture of it, you download it, and then you PayPal me 10 bucks, and our lives are complete. These episodes are all from the Joko cruise. I went on a cruise uh, with 1,780 nerds. It was a dork forest bonanza. And I recorded six episodes, so I'm using the intro for this for all of them. The Joko cruise is based on a guy named Jonathan Colton, who is a musician and very talented and wonderful. And if you get a chance, it's called the Joko Nerd Cruise. And it was great. And I recorded a live episode, which didn't cost me anything, so I'm just releasing it normal. And then five other episodes. Uh, none of these are, are premium episodes because they didn't cost me anything to make, so I'm just putting them out. There are premium episodes at Bandcamp. The dorkforest.bandcamp.com has probably a dozen premium episodes which were recorded live in front of an audience. Cost me a couple of bucks to make, so I, I charge a couple of bucks to buy them. They are $2 each on the dorkforest.bandcamp.com. There is also a storytelling album there that I put if you, which is $4 and then 17 episodes of the dork forest before it was pre-recorded that I picked out at a, that I did as a 10 year anniversary album. That is free. 
if you wish to listen to 17 old episodes of The Dork Forest, my favorite 17, I think, from those first 215 episodes. Anyway, the only other thing at JackieCation.com that you might like to see is my calendar. When I'm doing stand-up, where I'm doing stand-up, it is at JackieCation.com. It is updated all the time. You can also follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all the things. Anyway, longest intro ever. Let's get into it because it's awesome. Hello and welcome to the Dork Forest. I am Jackie Cation and I am on a boat uh, in the ocean with uh, Jason Hattrick, stand-up comic from Montreal, and we are both on this boat. We are on this boat, and this is my second time on this boat. Really? It's, uh, so it's yeah. the Joko Cruise. The Joko Cruise. And your name is Jason Hattrick, which is spelt like hat trick. Correct. One T. That's awesome. Uh, it's at Jason Hattrick, H-A-T-R-I-C-K. And uh, you do stand up in Montreal, Canada. I do, yeah, yeah. And we worked together up at the Comedy Nest. Which was exciting for me. When, well, I, and, and for me too. And then. I'm sure you were thrilled. I, <laughs> I was like, if I remember correctly, I was in Canada for a long time and I was confused. And I was just like, oh, am I still in Canada? I'm still in Canada. And, uh, cause I haven't been doing a lot of back to back weeks. It's so, always interesting as a Montreal local comic to see the, the more famous comedians roll in. The week that is not just for laughs. Oh, there you go. Just to see their different take on the city. It's a different experience when, <laughs> yeah, when they're it's not just the center normal. of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And quite honestly, I like Montreal a lot better. It'd be great if I could come into Montreal in the summer that wasn't a just for laughs time. Right. Because then there would be Portuguese chicken and nice Ramados. weather. Yes, Ramados. Yes. That's the best Portuguese chicken it is in the, the city. It's a pretty great Portuguese chicken, man. Probably the best Portuguese chicken outside of Portugal. It's really good chicken. Uh, it's just a claim of, I made based it, right, on no experience. Right. Or, whether or I'm sure the or, Portuguese are talking right now. They're like, <laughs> uh, I don't think, uh, I don't think you understand. No, we and, like our ch- Portuguese chicken, but we're not, uh, Montreal as a city is not overly proud of it. Uh, our thing is bagels. We, uh, we claim boldly that we have better bagels than New York. Uh, there's a bagel joint in Brooklyn, New York that imports their bagels from Montreal. Well, I rest my case. <laughs> and that's obnoxious because you're just like, uh, you could go to Ma- Manhattan. Brooklyn and get yourself some decent bagels. Bagels are not my downfall. So, um, I like a good bagel. Sure. And yeah. I know a bad bagel when I have one. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, the nuance of bagel is not my dorkdom. Uh, is it yours? Not, not particularly. Do you know a lot about? I don't know, uh, very much about bagels. Can I you just... tell good from bad and go, oh, I see what's happening? I can tell. Well, I mean, I grew up in Montreal where we make the best in the world. So right. uh, that's the only bagels. <laughs> I, and then right. I go elsewhere and I'm like, I, I guess it's kind of a bagel. Oh, well, there you go. All right. So it's so just you... everywhere else is a letdown. After everywhere, that. exactly. <laughs> so, okay. So we are on this Joko cruise, which is, stands for Jonathan Colton's cruise. Yes. And he is, uh, I, it's how I've been describing him. Is this true? Uh, sort of a, they might be giants meets, uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Ah. Because it's I mean, quirky and silly. Yeah. But it's also kind of, it's musically, I think, kind of nice. Yeah. I don't know if I would artistically I put him in that cross, in but certainly of those two? <laughs> there's, there's definitely, uh, uh, overlap in the people who like They Might Be Giants and the people who like Weird Al will also like Jonathan Colton. That's as, I, yeah. it was as close as I could come to try to define, because he's not doing what either of them are doing. Right. He's kind of doing his own thing. Uh, they referred to him in his early days as, uh, the internet's troubadour. Because it was just him and a guitar, and uh, his songs are often silly and, and goofy and about robots and monkeys, uh, but also very heartfelt. And there's yes. real emotion behind them, and they're lyrically and musically good songs. Right, so it's got that going for it. And this is your second Joko Cruise, or? <laughs> this is my fifth Oh my gosh, Joker. you, turns out Jason Hattrick, uh, enjoys, <laughs> do you enjoy cruises or do you enjoy, uh, Jonathan Colton? Cause these people, quite honestly, when I got on this boat, I was like, Oh, these are, these are my people. Yeah. I could have 1700 new friends, it turns out. And that's why I keep coming back. The people like me who have been on this cruise many, many times now, uh, we all, um, we, we joke about how this stopped being about Jonathan Colton a long time ago for us. <laughs> Uh, this is, is right. we get together once a year and we hang out with all our nerd friends. On, yeah. It happens to be on a boat. There happens to be entertainers. It happens to be many of the same ones every year. Right. Uh, but it's not about them. It's about each other and it's about hanging out and, right. uh, and you, seeing each other you, again. Now do, now, do you have, would you say that you currently, did you come in five years ago 
meet like people that you keep in touch with the rest of the year? Yeah, we all hang out on social medias together. And if I'm ever in Boston, I'll say I Boston Sea Monkeys, which is what we call ourselves. Right. Um, uh, I'm in down? Boston. Uh, yeah. Who wants to hang out? Who wants to grab lunch? And and you you end up with a very wide uh, net of couches to sleep on when you're visiting oh, right. places. If you, yeah, if you need a if you need a crash pad, I'm sure yeah. everyone's like, of course I have a guest room. Of yeah. course I have a couch. Knock uh, yourself out. Inevitably, as a burgeoning comic, I want to eventually hit L.A. and and right. try and do the rounds in L.A. Oh, and I've right. got at least three places to stay when I get there. Oh, that'll be great, actually, yeah. <laughs> because, uh, it, you know, in Los Angeles, you're like, you can stay for a week and a half. You can stay for, I think, when the buddy of mine moved here, moved to Los Angeles, um, I said, two weeks. You can stay for two weeks. <laughs> and he had a closer friend who told him he could stay for a month, but his wife kicked her, kicked him out after three days. <laughs> okay, and, so uh, <laughs> that'll throw a wrench in your plans in a hurry. It will, and he was just like, Mm, two weeks, you said? And I said, a month. You can stay for a month. And he was actually a really good uh, sort of guest because yeah. he, you know, I had a fold-out futon. He stayed in it, but he, he put it back up, you know. Made you know, it look like a couch stuff. again. Yeah, yeah, Made it look like a couch, put all of his stuff in one corner. Minimized his impact on your daily life. Amen. And uh, made coffee before I got up. So oh, wow, that was an, a little bit of a bonus. Well, and when I, was, I stay at your place, I will not make you coffee. I do not uh, I know how to make coffee. You are not a coffee person. No, I'm not and a coffee not at person. this time. Um, right. I also wasn't formally invited. I just <laughs> Uh, it could happen, Jason Hattrick. We will possibly this Joko cruise will make us the friends that will say me say you could come and stay with us. So, um, uh, so what? Uh, but I did say what would be your dorkdom, and you said you just have a great deal. There, there are people who have more experience, but you yeah. do love scuba diving. I do love scuba diving. I'm a relatively new diver. I've got maybe. And I'm terrible at keeping my logs, which is something I have to get better at. What? You're you have to, to keep your, your – you're supposed to? You're supposed to log your dives. If you're just going to be a hobbyist diver and I'm just going to dive for funsies uh, whenever mm-hmm. I happen to be yeah. someplace with warmer water than back home, then, uh, you you know, no one's going to demand to see your logbook or anything like that. Okay. But if you ever want to hit certain certifications and get more serious about it, uh, you cannot become a dive master until you have 60 dives under your belt uh, okay. at some point. So there are – benchmarks and you need to be able to pull out the paper and say, look, these are the dives. This is where I was. This is my dive buddy signing the dive off with me. Oh, okay. So you know that it happened. And then they're, they're pretty, it's, it's, I, it's, I so want to say they're serious about it. But yeah. So as you get more serious, you'll probably get more serious about logging it. Yeah. Exactly. Which means that the first I don't know, 10 dives that you take, nobody probably logs those oh, as I'm, well as they ought. I think probably a lot of people do, but I certainly don't. Um. <laughs> not, this, not, not so far. Not so, so far. Okay, so you told me you got certified in Canada. Yeah, in October. It oh, just this in, last October? Uh, no, this was a couple of years ago, but okay. it was late October. So Which it is was chilly. It was a it was a mite chilly. Yeah. Not lie. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, a quarry near Montreal, which is where the certifications usually happen with the sure. dive school I was with, uh, and. Uh, Normally when you dive in a lake, the water is very dark, it's very green, it's low visibility, you can't see very far. Uh, but this, they, they brag about how it's not going to be green, it's going to be blue like the ocean, and it's great visibility. You can see for hundreds of yards, and you can see the nothing there is. Right, because it's a quarry. Of, it's a quarry. <laughs> right, it's a quarry with a freshwater lake in it, essentially, right? Exactly, Man-made? Because yeah. um, it's a quarry. Yeah, and they yeah. dumped... Three or four fish in there. Uh, okay, in the hopes that they one day breed and I guess and then uh, someone could go fishing in them, and then it could be a people can dive and it could become a movie, a heartfelt movie about bike riding. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw it Breaking Away. Anyway, no, I, uh, I will now though. Now you will. Now it's I'll go got, look it up. Sure, sure. It's got Dennis Quaid in it in the eighties. Um, it's always on AMC. It's on AMC all the time. It's almost like when I got Basic Cable, I was like, mm-hmm. I could have just bought this movie oh, instead <laughs> of getting Breaking instead of getting Basic Cable. So this, what you so what do you like? I have done idiot diving, and that's what I call it. Okay. Uh, where we were so in Australia, the, the snuba thing, where you have like a hose coming out of. A- no, we had a. It was essentially it was. Um, I I was in a wetsuit with a tank and a thing, and we were in the we were in the Great Barrier Reef, and oh, nice. so it was amazing. Yeah. But um, you uh, essentially you got a guy who's got a hold of you. And, uh, and he's like, you and I are diving. It's sort of like, I, I assume it's like jumping out of an airplane tandem. Right, right, right. So, and it was only like 20 minutes under the, under the ocean. 
Okay, yeah. So I don't know how long you, when you dive. I did my longest dive ever uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, because um, I uh, <laughs> I cheated in pretend for this trip. Um, is that what I've been telling people? Because immediately before coming on the Joko cruise, I was on a uh, a comedy tour through Central America with a group called Comedy Abroad. Okay, uh, where we uh, perform for expatriates and uh, and, vo- and tourists and take okay. their money and funnel it to local nonprofits that oh, nice. build educational programs for the kids because they get a lot less schooling than. Uh, we do in North America. Okay. Uh, so they try and build extra schooling projects specifically geared towards getting them um, so trained for the So you essentially get industry. expat Canadians to pay for their own local schooling of, of the, the the communities they're living in yeah. in other countries. Because they come in with, you know, Canadian expats or American expats or European expats. They're from all over. Right. Um, but they of whitey magoos. Exactly. Which yeah. that, that's what you call uh, white immigrants as expats, I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're basically immigrants yes. uh, to those countries. And mm-hmm. they, they go there and, and bring all their money and they buy the best property. And, and this is a way to force them to give back. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. You're and, like, and support didn't you want to hear Canadian jokes? I think you did. Didn't you want to see that guy? <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's working on it. So you don't really make any money. Uh, no, yeah, you, we try but, and cover. But it's a benefit. We try to cover our costs, costs. through crowdfunding. Okay. Because um, we want the money that is made there at the shows to go as much as possible to the nonprofits. That makes sense. Um, but all this to say, I was in Nicaragua, and they have a, a volcanic lake that uh, it was basically thousands of years ago an active volcano that exploded like a bomb. Right. Rather than just a minor, minor, tiny eruption. Like a Pompeii kind of thing. Yeah, and it's just not there anymore. It's just this giant crater that over thousands of years filled with rainwater. It's called uh, Laguna Apoyo. Okay. And uh, and when you go in, it's is that ch- uh, a chicken lagoon? <laughs> That's what everybody said. It's not the not the double L Apoyo, oh, but the a, Y. The Y Apoyo. And I'm probably not pronouncing it right because okay. I don't speak Spanish. Uh, but we, we normally when you go in a lake, if you've ever been swimming in a lake, you expect it to be cold. Yeah. This is like 85 degrees Fahrenheit. Really? It's like Cause there's warm still some heat pool under there? water because there are still thermal vents from the volcano that are just – and you get Thousand. under the water and you feel it and you, there's like a little jet of hot water coming out. Weird. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And there's silt at the bottom and you just like stick your hand in the silt to disrupt it and bubbles will come out because there's gases trapped under there from these vents. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And- and that was your longest dive? Longest dive because generally when you go with uh, like a dive tour, mm-hmm. um, you'll be divers of various experience levels and everybody goes under the water and uh, you come back up when uh, the person who ran out of air first is starting to run low on air. Okay. So you, the sort of the, you go down together, you come up together, and so it's the least experienced gets to run sort of that. Yeah, whoever okay. is burning through their air the fastest. Right. Um, and has the worst air management. Which and is part of the skill, is something to learn? Um, it's a how little to bit, I think it's a little bit physiology, it's a little bit biology, um, it's a little bit how hard you're exerting yourself. Okay. Um, I am a very lazy person, so I swim very slowly, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and am generally like even when I'm just on land living my life, I breathe slow, deep breaths rather than lots of short, short, frantic ones. Okay. Uh, and that means that when I'm under, I'm using less air when I'm underwater. Uh, so my air will last longer than most people. Okay. Uh, unless they're particularly experienced divers and they've also learned that skill set. So, um, I'm usually coming back up on those group dives, looking mm-hmm. at my gauge saying, well, I've still got 1400 PSI. Like that's almost half a tank. I'm still fine. Right. This is shorter than I want it to be under the water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of those. Yeah, dives what made were, you start doing it? What made you like in Montreal say to yourself, I want to dive into a quarry and I'm willing to dive <laughs> into a quarry to learn how to do this so that I can do it somewhere warm and beautiful. Uh, yeah, it was, it was with definitely with the goal of doing it somewhere warmer and more beautiful, yeah. uh, for sure. But it was just one of those things I kind of always wanted to do, which actually ties back to Joko Cruise in a way, because, uh, when I did my first one, uh, which was the Joko Cruise 2 in 2012. Okay. Um, they, uh, 
I, it was the first time I ever went scuba diving. They mm-hmm. had, like, it was like a discover scuba diving thing that Patty oh. offers. Patty is the uh, certification board. Okay. Uh, one of them. P-A-T-Y or? P-A-D-I. P-A-D-I. Uh, and it's an international organization that sort of regulates and says, well, if you want to be safe when scuba diving, these are all of the things you should follow. And these are the test parameters you should be tested on in order to be a certified scuba diver. Oh, okay. So standardization. Um, just... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's not law per se. It's just a regulatory board. If it's you will. the suggestion if you want to not try drown. to die. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, it's there are others, but that's become by far the most ubiquitous yeah, uh, yeah. is Patty. And uh, so they have a program called Discover Scuba where they say, you've never scuba dived before. That's fine. We're going to put you in all this gear. We're going to put you in a swimming pool mm-hmm. and you're going to dive in a swimming pool. Uh, and when you get used to that, then we're going to take you out into the actual water and you're going to go with several guides so that everybody mm-hmm. is being kept close eye on and you'll go maybe 15, 20 feet underwater mm-hmm. and dive around a bit and just to get a feel for it and see if you like it. Okay. Uh, and then if you do, maybe you go get certified and then maybe it becomes more of a part of your life. Right. If you like, if you end up liking it. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I did, uh, on the Joko cruise the first time I went out. I said, I'm going to be down south. I want to swim with dolphins, which I did in Curacao. Wow. Uh, I wanted to, uh, and that was a disappointing thing that we can talk about. <laughs> yeah. Why was it? I've never wanted to swim with dolphins because I always felt like I was bothering the dolphins. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know what was, what... I had the opposite desire going in. I was like, I love dolphins. They're obviously going to love me back. I'm going to commune <laughs> with the beast. I am going to get my best friend Flipper. It's yeah. all going to come together. It's like when I play with dogs, but it's smarter than a dog. Right. And dogs are pretty smart. So yeah. it's going to be like a real bond that I have with this animal friend. Yep. And then you get in the pool and you realize, oh, I'm just another toy that its trainer is telling it to push around yep. in exchange for fish. Ah, there you go. Yeah, I may yeah. as well have been a ball at that yeah. point for all I cared about my presence in the water. <laughs> right, right. They were just working for fish. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Yeah, well, that is a little disappointing. Yeah, but I have to give them credit. They have a, a good way of doing it because they're a pretty good sports buddies. <laughs> their dolphin pen at this particular place we were at actually was uh, a like a carved out section of the coast, but it gave out onto the actual ocean and they would open the pen and take them out, like lead them out in boats. So they were... Semi-free-range dolphins in the sense that if okay. they weren't happy there, they could just swim away any and Tuesday they back. wanted and never come back. But oh, they did enough. because they get fed. Right. Because um, free fish. Yeah. So that made me feel less bad about swimming in a in a tank with uh, trapped dolphins because they're not really trapped at this one particular place. Yeah, yeah. That's that is great. So. But that was a that the, that was definitely a week of first for me because I I had just ended a five and a half year relationship. Okay. Uh, and by I had just ended, I mean, uh, had one ended on me. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Not always by choice. Yeah. The ending of relationships. So I'm sitting there. Well, it wasn't the wrong move by any means. Uh, it, it needed to end, but, right. um, I was in this sort of funk at home saying, what, should, what could I do? And I learned of the Joko cruise and I said, Oh, that looks like exactly the kind of community that would, I would get along with. And, right. And that uh, would welcome you. And and this is a thing that I should do one day. And then as soon as I said I should do that one day, the flash went off in my head. I'm like, I no longer need to ask anyone's permission. Right. <laughs> I'm a that grown is... adult and I'm no longer partnered with anybody. I can just go now, this, this year. <laughs> yeah. This could be that day. And so, so what, I mean, the thing about the Joko cruise that is fascinating to me is that, so we're on this boat mm-hmm. and we've been on it now a day and a half essentially. And, um, we left San Diego and the other ones have always been East Coast, right? Yeah. Always in the Caribbean. Okay. It was the first West Coast one. There. Okay. And so did you leave Florida? Yeah. Florida, usually, uh, I think it was Port Canaveral. Did you go to the Bahamas? Did you go to the, you said Caribbean? Uh, yeah. So over the that? various years, it's been the Bahamas. It's been, Haiti, it's been St. Thomas. Okay. Uh, St. Martin. Okay. Uh, Aruba, Curacao. Probably some others I'm forgetting because I didn't go on all of them. Right, right. But more sugarcane country than. Yeah. This is, cause we're That's very right. much. Jamaica was one. <laughs> yeah. And, and this one we're essentially, we're going to Cabo San Lucas and then we're going up the Baja Peninsula mm-hmm. on the inside, uh, to a place called Loreto. Right. And, um, they seem to be kind of tourist destinations. Yeah. As opposed to what I want to go to Mexico and see a, a pyramid. Right. Uh, uh, there's no opportunity. There will be no pyramids. There's yeah. an opportunity to buy some sombreros is what I assume. Most of the culture you're going to experience on a Joko cruise is on the boat. 
Uh, yeah. And it's, yeah. A, it's nerd culture. It's, it's nerd culture. Andy culture. Ashcraft having the time of his life uh, running <laughs> some games in, uh, down in um, down in the Vista dining room having game night. Yeah, yeah. And sure. playtesting his games and having, you know, he's had and, – and he's psyched because, you know, he does these these conventions that are board game conventions. And mm-hmm. so, you know, he usually gets some people to come to them. This, because of this, there's uh, – he's one of two R- brand new RPGs that people are running and peop- and so there's so many people that want to play. So he's, yeah, yeah. he's been pretty psyched. And yeah, every every year I've been on this. There's always the game room is always 24 hours, and there are people who clearly don't leave the whole time. They right, spend they just, the whole week in the game room. Right, I'm going to play games. that game, and then I'm going to play this other board yeah. game, and then and we have already learned a game, and then plus we've got to meet like people that made like the guy who yeah. invented Eberron for D and D. His name's Keith Baker. Oh, and yeah, he's yeah, on this he, ship. Yeah. And then the the Max Temkin guy, the Cards Against Humanity guy, yep. is on this ship. Apparently with a an entourage. Like he brought his posse with him. There's right. a lot of Cards Against Humanity people on board. Yeah, the ship. whole um like the writing staff, I yeah. think. Which you're just like it's a pile of people writing dick jokes. What's happening? Yeah, that's and, a uh, job that I could get? How yeah, exactly. do I get this job? Are they hiring? Uh, I am I am skilled at writing dick jokes. I can <laughs> I can be dark. I have Let's exactly one dick joke, but it's a good one though. <laughs> it's a good it's one. It's a good one. <laughs> and I bet you if they stuck you in a room with <laughs> With a, with yeah. a typewriter, you too Eventually. Could, you could come up with some more very dark, very dark jokes. I ran a comedy open mic for three years. I've heard some dick jokes. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure I can And repeat. you know how to punch up some dick premises. There you I'm go. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and, uh, so, okay, so what I want to know is, so you, you did the quarry, and then where did you go from there? Was it just Joko Cruises that you've done? Because you said you've done 60 dives? No, no, no. Sixty no, is what you, you need, need to be a dive master. Need. Yeah. And um, where are you at? Do you think it? I, because I haven't logged them properly. I think I'm at about twelve or fifteen. Okay. In that ballpark. Yeah. Okay, so twelve times though. Yeah. And do you own your own wetsuit and tanks? No. Um, that sounds like something you do after you have sixty. Yeah, yeah. Kinda. If you're if you're like an instructor or something, and uh, because and you're then you could just rent weekend. the stuff, and it's the same. It's and part of the renting of the going under, right? Exactly. Kinda? If I were going to dive in Montreal all summer long because I'm giving courses or something, I'd probably want to invest in in getting that stuff. But uh, since I'm always trying to dive in warmer waters and and where there's more to see. Uh, I don't want to lug all that stuff on an airplane. Right, right. right. I mean, that's just you're paying for for um, for luggage then. Yeah, yeah. In addition to all of it. So what about, yeah. It's become very rare to own your own tank too because the tanks need to uh, go undergo a, uh, inspection every so often okay. to make sure all the seals are still good and there's no rust anywhere and it's uh, everything is still. And does the technology has got to get updated and you're like, if, if you rent your tanks, then you get the latest tech. Hopefully. Yeah, I don't know how much tanks have really changed that much uh, in in the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years maybe. Okay. Um, the regulators have changed, which is the contraption because the tank, the air in the tank is highly pressurized. Okay. Uh, and becomes, is it entirely oxygen or is uh, it a mix? No, it's a mix. Uh, and mix is one of the things that they certify you for too because they'll they'll build a mix that's more nitrogen. They call it nitrox. Okay. Uh, and that's designed to, uh, keep you underwater for longer. Oh. Uh, that you can do longer dives and you can do deeper dives. It's a better for your cells or something or? Um, it, it breathes a little bit differently and you sort of have to breathe a little bit differently when you have it is my understanding. But, so there is a certification process to just get used to it. Okay. Uh, but because I don't fully understand it, but the way, I guess the way just from science background I have, I, yeah. I imagine if you're bringing it in and there's less oxygen in every breath, then the oxygen that's in the tank gets used up more slowly. Oh, interesting. Uh, is, is my hunch. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, who knows? But there's, there's definitely a, a cocktail of, of, yeah. of molecules that has to be created for the tank. Yeah, for sure. And, and so, and, and how long, like how big is a tank? Uh, in terms of like actual size or in terms yeah, of, yeah, in terms air of actual goes, size and probably two and a half feet tall. Okay. Uh, and then, and you have it on your back. Yeah. And, and they're then, heavy. and they're heavy. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a steel tank. Like yeah. that hasn't changed. They can't make them out of plastic. Right. Okay. And cause they don't know if it'll last as you get, and how deep 
How do you? How deep do you, have you gone? I'm certified to go sixty feet. Uh, okay. Because I have the first level, which is open water certification, which means I can go diving. I don't need an instructor present. I can just go diving with a dive buddy. Okay. Uh, and and I can go. And you should always go with a dive buddy. You, you don't want to be underwater alone. Ever. Uh, ever. Because okay. if you're uh, if your air hose uh, springs a leak and all of a sudden you're suddenly out of air. And you're uh, 60 you're, feet under? Yeah. Then your buddy has uh, an extra regulator that you can put in your mouth and breathe off of his tank. and then you So can, each tank comes with two hoses kind of with an extra regulator? Yeah, that's right. You've got your primary, which is the one you're going to be using most of the time, and you've got your spare. Okay. So if the regulator breaks, you've got your spare. And if the uh, okay. air source is the problem, then you've got your buddy's spare. Ah. Uh, because you can't just come right back up. From 60 feet? Right, exactly. And it's not just I have to make it that far. It's uh, as the longer you're underwater, you're building up nitrogen in your bloodstream mm-hmm. uh, because of the mixture of air you're breathing uh, and because of the different pressure that you're under. Okay. Uh, and the deeper you go, the more nitrogen you build up to the point that if you're too deep, you get something called nitrogen narcosis where you basically get high off of the level of nitrogen because your oxi- your le- there's less oxygen in your bloodstream compared to the nitrogen, so your brain is getting less oxygen, which is akin to like... Why would you want that? You don't, you don't want, want that. that. You don't want that. So uh, did, Well, I mean, some people sniff ha- glue, right? So some people right. want that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, okay. but it's a problem when you're that far underwater. Because so you're super in, far underwater and it's an, it's sort of an accident if that happens? It's an it's kind of unavoidable if you're going to go to a certain depth, which okay. is why you need certification to go to a certain depth to, to say. Oh, to be trained to sort of sort deal of, with it? or Yeah. It'd be like, uh, it'd be like scuba diving while very drunk. Um, okay. If you know what you're doing and you're an expert diver. Uh, you know, you're not driving on the highway. You're not putting anyone else in danger. It's your own prerogative if you want to go down there and scuba dive really drunk, but just be aware that it's happening to you. Right. That can't help your buddy. That's not good for your diving buddy. If not you're so drunk, much. Unless both of you say, let's take our lives into our own hands. <laughs> exactly. Have uh, five or six shots and then dive. And, uh, yeah, but the people seems... who go real deep for, cause they're technical divers, it's their profession. They, mm-hmm. they have to get used to functioning under that because it's an unavoidable thing. You Why would like... you want to go that deep besides just to meet that fish that has a glowing light, but it's all in the dark? <laughs> Remember that fish? Yeah. The angler fish. Yeah. 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 That's a, Nemo or something. Yeah. It's <laughs> a scary looking fish. It's a scary looking fish. I don't fish. know why I would want to go down there and meet that fish. No, I don't want to go down there and meet that fish. <laughs> fish had a lot of teeth in that cartoon. That's the grand irony of me as a scuba diver. There's a lot of underwater stuff that just freaks me the hell out. Right, right. Like, you know how some people like, there's a mouse or like a spider, they jump up on furniture and they yeah. just like, that's me and jellyfish. I've never seen a jellyfish and if I can keep it that way for as long as possible, I'm happy. Right. But uh, they just, they're I've not of this world, Jackie. They're not they're, of this world. They're pretty cellophane-y looking. Yeah. They're kind of like a piece of cellophane. Just, I think I was in, it was, yeah, I was swimming off the Cape, off Cape Cod in Massachusetts uh-huh. with, with, um, this weird family who invited me to swim with them and they had a dog and I wanted to play with the dog. So I went with the <laughs> whole family <laughs> to go swimming and I got to play with that dog. Let me just tell you something. <laughs> it was a very successful afternoon with that dog. And, uh, the awkward and, human social interactions <laughs> we've all had. <laughs> Just to hang out with Just their say, dog. Yeah, they have a really nice dog. It was I made that dog laugh, and because uh, I was playing fetch with that dog, and it turns out if you play fetch with a dog, and then you try to beat the dog to the stick, <laughs> and you ever succeed, that dog will bark at you in laughter and go, "What the hell are you doing?" I thought this is my I was part fetching. Of job. Yeah, we were doing. Didn't we both have a task? Anyway, so there were there were jellyfish in that situation, which was weird yeah. because um, I never even heard of jellyfish before that. It was pre-Nemo. Okay. It was, was pre-anything. And I was like, well, what the hell is it? And they're like, well, you don't want to. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. And and I guess sometimes they're on the beach and you step on them and they can sting you. Yeah. So. Most jellyfish don't have like a train of thought. They just sort of float wherever they're pushed. Yeah. And they run entirely they're... on instinct. Until they uh, die? I guess. I don't even right. know how they eat. They don't seem to have like a mouth or a digestive system. But it might be that. As I said, not of this world. Not of this They're world. They're from another planet. And crazy looking. And so. They don't even refer to them as schools of jellyfish. They're blooms. Like they're, like right. they're more plant than animal. I have seen so many jellyfish in aquariums. Mm-hmm. 
since that, and that was in like 89 that I saw a jellyfish in the real world. And then I didn't see him again until I went to like a, in a fancy aquarium. Right. Right. And I remember going, yeah, that is weird. And then I saw Nemo when they're jumping on the tops of them. And I'm like, I don't think that's a thing. No. I don't think that's a, a thing that can happen. I met a, on this, uh, comedy tour I just did, I met this, uh, dive instructor in, uh, Petrero, Costa Rica. Okay. Uh, his nickname is Risky. Always Risky. wanted to dive with a guy named Risky. Yeah. Um, what uh, on earth? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's telling me about, Sometimes they get jellyfish in that area, but they're not the kind that stings. And to prove it, he will grab a jellyfish and rub it on his face. And I said, I don't care if it's not stinging me. There's no way you would ever get me to do that. You're not rubbing a jellyfish on my face. No, right? And what if he has just trained himself to be able to take iodine? You know, remember in The Princess Bride? And again, his name is Risky. Yeah, so he doesn't care. Right. That guy's just out there. It's like, I don't know if this one will sting me or not. Let's find out by putting it on my face. (laughs) Oh, my God, not on your face, you weirdo. I'm with Jason Hattrick, by the way. It's at Jason Hattrick and uh, H-A-T-R-I-C-K and uh, Montreal Comic. And so now, so which means that you have have gone uh, scuba diving in Montreal. Uh Outside of Montreal. In Getawaka. You've gone uh, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Uh uh did do diving there two years ago, not on this trip. I went right. diving in Nicaragua. Oh, that's right, Nicaragua. Uh and I've been diving in various places in the Caribbean. With um, this sort of very cruise, right? Yeah. When you dash off to uh to the Joko cruise, so the Caribbean cruising. Yeah. And okay. I'm diving in Cabo San Lucas tomorrow. And tomorrow in Cabo, you're gonna go diving. All right, so one, two, three, four at least in the Caribbean, clearly at least probably that branches off five into, times. Yeah, Grand Cayman, uh, Saint Martin. That's that sounds at least eight. Then that sounds like a you've done it at least eight by by definition. Yeah, and, so, and uh, usually you'll you'll rent a you'll you'll get a two tank dive they call it. So you go out on a boat, you go down, you come back up, you swap tanks, you take some time to quote unquote gas out, which is just let the excess nitrogen in your bloodstream sort of. Evaporate out I your pores. I wonder what the science is on the nitrogen, of why they'd want you to have more nitrogen than oxygen. Um, when, when it's already when you're building diving. up. Yeah. Yeah, cause. I gotta look that up. Yeah, that's, uh, that is interesting, cause it's such a good idea to. Cause the nitrogen can kill you. Right, and oxygen bars are a thing. Or they were for a short term. Right, yeah. Where yeah. people were just sucking in more oxygen because it was supposed to be good for you and. Yeah, give you like know. a euphoric high kind of a thing. Yeah, people are always looking for a high. <laughs> and so I just did a dork forest about ayahuasca with Mike Kaplan. You know oh, Mike yeah. Kaplan. Yeah, I've opened for him too. Yes, a, a comic, uh, comic out of New York and, um, great guy, wonderful guy, loves the ayahuasca, has done it. <laughs> he told me more than 30 times, wow. less than a hundred in a... two years. Wow. Which means okay. this isn't like the difference between eight and twelve dives. Right. This is the difference between thirty and a hundred times where you're paying is... two to three hundred bucks to do ayahuasca. And now is that him just not wanting to tell you exactly how many? Because at I that wonder. point it hardly matters. Right, right. But how do you really not know in an additional span? sixty? Yeah. Yeah. I might have done it sixty more times than I think I have. I I can't be too sure. It's very hallucinogenic. <laughs> right. I didn't yeah, it's almost but I also was talking to somebody about who I might get to do. I think, I think it's, uh, I'm doing one tomorrow night with, um, with a guy who loves escape rooms. Okay. And he says he's done over a hundred escape rooms. And the only thing he doesn't want to discuss is how much they cost. Cause he does not <laughs> want to do the math on that. That's fair. Even though when I think of the things I spend money on, you spend money on what you spend money on, you know? Yeah. I've never added up exactly how much one of these Joko cruises costs me. I know how much the ticket admission is. Right. And then, and you, then and then you do excursions. Yeah. And right. Cause there's, there's a, there's the scuba diving and then there's the, the flights down and then there's the hotel the night before and then, there's oh, right. And then there's booze all on of the, the alcohol that you drink all of the time every day. Right. Every day with the boozing. And mm. then, um, and then. I don't know the excursions. Like I'm doing, I'm doing a spa day tomorrow because uh, I'm on a, I'm You're on doing a cruise an ship. Incursion. I'm doing an incursion. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to Cabo. I, I've heard about Cabo. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go to Loretto because <laughs> there's supposed to be a, a kind of a, 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 a town like food market thing that yeah. they're, that they're putting on for the cruise. Yeah. So I'm sure it's gonna be a lot of opportunities for me to buy 
very specific Mexican dream catchers, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't, but I think it's also going to be more town. I yeah, I'll get to probably see a little more town. Probably. I've never been well, to Laredo. This is the first course, time that it's, Lujoko's on this side of the country, yeah, right? Yeah. And I've never been to Mexico, so I don't know how touristy Laredo is. As right. A is it going to be touristy or is it going to be Mexican? And exactly. I want it to be Mexican because we're going to be in Mexico, but, uh, it'll be Here's good. Open. My yeah. fingers are also crossed. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So what? When you go, like I've also never been on a cruise ship. I've never been on a cruise ship that wasn't a Joko cruise. Okay. Because I've imagined it, and I've said, all right, well, this is where all my friends are, and this is where all the community is, and all of these events that we do, and all of these shows with great entertainers, like one comedian, Jackie Cation. Well, uh, Jackie Cation will be performing. Yes. And uh, and then I I strip all of that away, and it just is basically a floating restaurant at that point. Right. Very much so, and it's a floating buffet, which, uh, yeah. uh seriously, the and amount of food that I've eaten today is ridiculous. Yeah, it's constantly um, available, and they don't, there's no it's end. all included in the ticket price of yeah. the admission, so you just go and take. Yeah, Andy was running a game this morning, but for some reason we lost an hour in the night. Yeah. And so we didn't know, so it was like quarter to ten, and his game started at ten, so I said, oh, I'll go to the, I'll go to the breakfast place and get you a breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then when I showed up with some breakfast for him, it turns out there was breakfast set up where he was set up. Yeah. So it was fine. It's everywhere. And it's, a, yeah, there's not a, there's not a room in this, in this boat that this ship that doesn't have, uh, <laughs> access to some food. And if you're uh, in a room that doesn't have food in it, they'll bring it to you. If they you will bring it to you and you just call them. <laughs> it's true. Okay. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What else about what what else about scuba diving? What oh what cool things have you seen? That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah now that we've got the technical out of, <laughs> out of the way. Uh a good friend of mine on this on this boat named Renee, I was talking with her earlier. She'll you she'll be doing yeah, one with you yeah. later. Uh she ha- was telling me earlier about her petrifying fear of sharks. Okay. So I started to tell her about all the sharks I've seen diving. <laughs> you've seen have you seen the great white? No. Okay. Uh, I've seen Significantly Sand smaller sharks? sharks. Uh, dog sharks, nurse okay. sharks, reef sharks. What was the middle uh, one? Uh, nurse? Nurse sharks. Oh, okay. They're, they're also small-ish. Okay. Maybe three feet long. Okay. That's uh, plenty uh, of shark. That's plenty of shark. That's more shark than I want to yeah, get. Exactly. Too, too close to. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, all the sharks I've encountered, uh, if they get at all close to me, they swim up to, to me just enough to figure out whether or not they could take me. Uh, or if I'm food, decide, mm, there's a lot of metal on there. I don't want to eat that. And then right. just turn around and go looking for something easier, easier to eat. Wow. So they do come up and kind of sniff you. I guess, yeah. Yeah, or yeah. whatever's whatever the shark equivalent of that is. My understanding is that sharks have uh, like a sensor sort of on the top of their snout that's it's kind of electromagnetic. Yeah. And that's sort of how they sense at things. Okay. Uh, so they can actually like detect things that are under the silt that way. Oh, okay. Like, like they have oh, their own find... built-in radar almost. Yeah, yeah. A little sonar to find food yeah. that's hiding under the sand maybe. Exactly. Yeah. So i got to imagine if you're sensing electromagnetically and I've got a giant steel tank on my back, I probably look bigger and meaner and scarier than I really am. Right, right. And you're already a pretty big guy. Yeah, I'm not yeah. tiny. No, uh, which is part of what I like about diving is that once you're under the water, the goal is to be as uh, uh, buoyancy neutral as possible. So if I, which means if I'm just there and I'm not swimming in any particular direction, I don't go up and I don't go down. I just stay at the depth that I'm at. Okay. Because I'm buoyancy neutral. Okay. Uh, that's the goal. And buoyancy is a thing that uh, you control a certain amount with the weights that you have on your weight belt. Okay. Uh, the air that you put in your vest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, the air you put in your lungs, like how deep a breath are you taking. So you, okay. you regulate stuff that way. You make minor adjustments by breathing deeper or less or shallower. And are you, is it just kind of like, like there's self deprivation tanks? I mean, when you're under the water, is it, so that's what I'm, self degradation tanks is what I keep. Self deprecating tanks. Yeah. Where you just get in there and you just make fun of yourself. Make fun of yourself for like (laughs) half an hour and you're like, come on, man. uh, (laughs) That's how you get sympathy from an audience, right? (laughs) And, uh, so, uh, yeah, is it the sensory deprivation that you kind of like, or the things you're seeing? It's, I mean, as you pointed out, I'm not a small guy. I'm I'm six one. I'm about two twenty five ish, and and yet under the water, I'm as close to weightless as I will ever be. Right. So there's there's a, a more of a gracefulness to me uh, when okay. I'm under there because oh, it feels kind of 
Yeah, like I, you know, I go through a, you know, I've I've been shopping with girlfriends and, you know, carry this for me for a second. Sure, fine, no problem. But I'm trying to squeeze my giant awkward body through these tight things in between all the different clothes racks. And I've knocked over more of those oh, right. than I can count at this point. But in the ocean, there's space. Yeah. There's space everywhere. And I'm weightless and I'm... Like, right, and you're not gonna knock anything over. I'm not over. gonna knock anything over. I can float. I can, I can just, I just feel, uh, less clumsy. Oh, fair than, enough. Than I do on land. Fair enough. Yeah, so that's got, that's got all kinds of draw yeah. to it. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that feels great. It's, um, yeah, I think, um, the one time I went scuba diving, it was, cause I've been snorkeling. Right. Had you done a lot of snorkeling previously, or? I did a little snorkeling. Um, very different experience in many, well, I mean, not that different. It's not very it's different. It's just not as deep. And yeah. It's not as different as like cycling and mountain climbing or anything. But right, right, right. Uh, less to think about when you're snorkeling because you take a breath, uh, at the top and then you go under for as long as you can and then you come back up and take another breath. And, and you that's... blow out the, the water on the top and you take another breath. Yeah. And there's okay. nothing really to think about. And in scuba diving, you get to stay down, but mm-hmm. that comes with its, uh, drawbacks, right? Like right. the number one rule of scuba, scuba diving is never stop breathing. You never hold your breath. What would happen if you did? So as you go up and down in depth, the pressure when the, uh, underwater is going to change depending on your depth and gases expand and contract when under pressure. So if you're at a depth and start to come up and you've held your breath, the air in your lungs is going to try to expand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're holding your breath so that it's not a flexible tissue. So you can Oof. actually like rupture a lung that way. Oof. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, that's... even less fun than it sounds. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Yeah. And so even less fun than horrible. Okay. Then so Noted. You, you always, you always breathe. You never stop breathing. And then there's things to think about of, uh, I've been this deep for this amount of time. Therefore I can't go straight to the surface. Because the nitrogen in my bloodstream has built to such a point that if I go up, the, those bubbles will also expand. Okay. That's what you hear the about. The bends? The bends. That's what the bends is. Yeah. And can the bends happen if you're down 60 feet? If you're down for long enough, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, so uh, typically what you'll do is you'll come back up and then you'll wait five minutes at about 15 feet deep. Okay. Every 15 feet, you'll do a, a safety stop where you wait for five minutes. Oh, for your body to just sort, to of, just sort of dissipate and, yeah, and exactly. regroup? Gas out is the term they use. Gas yeah. out? So the nitrogen... Sounds pretty. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I gas out sometimes uh, sure. in bed. My girlfriend gets upset, but you know we try and keep it under the covers. Right, right. Keep it together. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so what... Um, Okay, so what, um, like, cause I remember seeing coral and you're not supposed to step on it cause it's alive. Right, yeah. And, uh, so, <laughs> and the, the colors can be muted underneath. Yeah. Um, when it's weird cause like if you're above the water looking down with the sun shining on it, mm-hmm. they can be brighter. And then when you're down underneath it right there, they can be slightly, are they brighter or are they, are they not? Everything is kind of bluish, right? Because okay. of the refraction of the, of the light through the water. Yeah. Um, so if you have like a GoPro, they, they sell filters that you put in front of the lens to counteract that. So everything okay. would look like More... it does when you're above looking down. Okay. Uh, and also that's what makes night diving popular with a lot of people. Cause at night diving, you go under with your light and that light is under the water. And it's not sunlight and it's not coming from outside the water going in. So it's, so it's not more dispersing. Direct. So it's yeah. direct. So you see colors at night with your flashlight. Have you done you any see. night diving? I've not done a night dive. Okay. But ultimately I do want to get the advanced open water certification, which is the next step up. Yep. And that permits you to go 120 feet deep. Right. Uh, and to do that, you have to do a certain, you have to do four quote unquote adventure dives. Uh, and one of those uh, is night diving. What define, what are the other adventure dives? What's so that? an adventure dive is we're not just going to go under and swim around. We're going to like do a thing while we're there. And sometimes it's, uh, like... taxes. Uh, hilarious. <laughs> Come on. Comedy jokes. <laughs> Riffing. What? No. Yeah. What would be, what so would be you, an adventure? one of them is night diving. One of them is wreck diving. Uh, oh, where you f- find a, a Titanic y. Yeah. Not. And yeah. depending on the size of the wreck, there's techniques you need to know. Like you need to, Make yourself a trail with a string to find your way back out again. So Ooh. you don't like get lost under there. 
that sounds terrifying. It can be. Yeah, I know. They make you. I get lost on this ship <laughs> today and we are not underwater and there's maps every 150 feet. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, they when you're doing the theory course, they show you a video on cave diving. Uh, which is speed Lunkin underwater. Yeah. Oof. And, uh, it's, it's one of, you know, when you're a kid and you see like those scary videos where they say, now we're going to watch a very serious video and you see a kid getting hit by a bus cause they wasn't aware of bus safety or whatever. <laughs> no, it's, but yes. Yeah. It's but one I, of those. I think I must have blocked him up, but I, cause I know that they've, <laughs> somebody has showed me some horrible thing like that. Yes. It's one of those, but for adults. So it's even more terrifying. Yeah. Cause you, they're not hiding anything. Exactly. So you've got the guy who's like, uh, yeah, I've gone under and recovered bodies from caves where they've carved goodbye messages into the stone mm-hmm. cause they knew they were running out of air and weren't finding their way out. And it's just, that's oh. a nightmare waiting to that happen. That sounds like a terrible idea. Holy yeah. smokes. Good grief. Okay. So cave diving. Yeah. Uh, shipwreck diving. Shipwreck diving. Night uh, diving. Night diving. Um, one that I really want to try, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact term of it, but the idea is it's, uh, it's something you can do in Mexico actually in the, in the Mayan Riviera. It's, um, you, you dive in a current, like a strong current, like a river. Oh. So you're not even really swimming. You just kind of go under and then you let the current push you. Yeah. And then the boat goes to the pickup part and then 20 minutes later you arrive where the boat is and then you go back up. Oh, to learn how to sort of navigate that. Yeah. So how to ride a current. And that has great appeal to me. Uh, cause as I said earlier, super lazy, swim real slow. (laughs) Let the river do the work for me. Right. Uh, let it batter my bones (laughs) against the side of the, but you have to sort of um, navigate like uh, I did. Um, I kind of like, um, Canoeing down the, in, in Minnesota, there's a river called the St. Croix. Speaking of laziness. And, uh, <laughs> what they do is they drop you off at, uh, the top of it. And then you just follow the current and you just sort of, you know, use you your steer. paddle to steer yeah. and push away from the sides. And you usually bring, you know, we used to bring like a 12 pack or a 24 pack and you bring some <laughs> grapes and cheese and sure, sure. you st- go to a sandbar, you go swimming a little bit and, uh, and then you, but you mostly just float down. And, um, Andy and I did it a couple of years ago and it was great because, um, because 12 it hasn't, like it hasn't changed. <laughs> it hasn't changed really. There were, there were some people who were super drunk and then there were some people that were families and, yeah. and it, but it wasn't a, it was a busy day, but it wasn't, no, it was a pretty busy day. But so <laughs> I guess I'd recommend a weekday in the summer, uh, Minnesotans. So I tried to do something similar in, uh, the National Park of Quebec, mm-hmm. which is the uh, Tremblant National Park. Okay. Uh, and they have a more of a serpentine river, but it's got a current to it. So you can just sort of lazily float along. Yeah. Um, I, if you're paddling, you can do it in about two hours, but if you go for like the early bus out and then the late bus back, you can just let the river push you and, and take it takes your time. Good three and and it takes you like maybe four, four or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I went late in the season. It was like late August and it hadn't rained in a while and it's the only time I've ever been canoeing and I had to get out and push. Oh wow. Just, yeah. <laughs> there were some parts where it there was. There should be no portaging at this in the <laughs> 21st cent- century. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a thing in, in, in Minnesota called the Apple River and you go tubing down it. Okay. But yeah. that's just, you're just, it, everyone's peeing. It's just, <laughs> it's just gross. It's not cool. And, uh, I did it one time. It was, yeah, it's just alcoholism is all it is. Yeah. It's fine. And uh, <laughs> it's nothing I would recommend. They don't, uh, they, they don't recommend peeing while scuba diving in a rented wetsuit, but if you own your own wetsuit, it's a great way to warm it up in a hurry. I bet. <laughs> Holy smokes. It's, but how would you not pee? Cause if you're down there, like how long are you down? Right. So the longest dive I ever made was in that, uh, that lake in Nicaragua. I never yeah. finished that story just because it was just me and the instructor. There was okay. nobody else. So I was the one, uh, deter- who was, uh, determining air consumption. Cause he was uh, better at it. Right. Yeah. Uh, she was. And, she was. uh, and we were under for 52 minutes. Okay. Which is, uh, the longest I've ever been underwater. That is, uh, that is plenty long. Yeah. That is, uh, oddly enough. 
Usually almost as long as this podcast has been going. Weirdly <laughs> enough, go. hilarious. It's just flown by. It's uh, it's actually we're at forty eight, okay. but uh, <laughs> it's uh, but the uh, <laughs> but but fifty two minutes down. What did you get to see? Like, what is is she on a tour? Essentially, is it like over there is where the Denny's is going to be? <laughs> you know, it'd be great. You know, Atlantis almost. Yeah. Uh, insofar as they're trying to build a reef uh, under there, so they sunk some tires. To build a reef on, okay, uh, which uh, was not super interesting to look at, but they right because it's garbage. You're like, okay, we saw some garbage, right? Uh, Purposeful placed artistic garbage, (laughs) artisanal garbage, artisanal (laughs) two liter Coca Cola plastic bottles. Um, Boo! They do a they that place. They do a a dive every Monday to go in and clean up as much as they can find. Okay, but this was a Sunday, so it had been a while, right? but yeah, there's not a whole lot to see in that lake. A couple fish, but nothing spectacular. Right. Uh, nothing like the last dive I and did. And was it freshwater? Was that Nicaragua? Yeah, it's freshwater, one? yeah. Okay. So you've done both freshwater and seawater. Yes. Or ocean water or whatever. That's right. Yeah. And you have to, you carry more weight when you're doing, uh, salt water because you're more buoyant in the salt water. Because of the salt. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, but- what's the coolest thing? I mean, those sharks, that, that kind of sounds like. Sharks were cool, but the coolest thing I ever saw was a year ago, uh, doing a dive in, I want to say the Bahamas, I think. And there was, uh, there was a school of eagle rays, probably about 30 of them that just started buzzing us. They swam right past us. Eagle rays are like stingrays or? Yeah. Bigger, think like four foot wingspan. Oh my gosh. At least. All right. Uh, and then, a long tail, so like head to toe, probably ten feet. Are are stingrays? Do they sting? What I do mean, we kn- one of them killed Steve Irwin, so some of them do. Oh, um, that's that I Australian don't know, guy who was constantly poking crocodiles. Yeah, that guy. Okay. Yeah, and the next night, I saw Norm Macdonald on Conan. He had a very uh, insensitive joke about uh, the, the alligator's <laughs> response to the fact that a, a, a fish killed Steve Irwin. Like, uh, that was supposed to be one of us that took him down. Right, right. That guy was constantly <laughs> bothering us, and some stingray took him down. Yeah, yeah. But I mean. Steve Irwin, if you've ever seen a show, is doing things that you're probably not supposed to do, which is poke the animals. Um, right. He was just like, we're trying to make the animals be more interesting. Yeah. It's reality television where the animals don't get to pick. Yeah. So they haven't signed the release. Exactly. Uh, they have just been forced into into being irritated uh, to turn into a, a Kardashian child, uh, <laughs> which is unfortunate. So that's crazy. So, yeah. Though. The general rule of thumb when diving is don't touch anything and nothing will touch you back. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's a, a good policy for uh, life on land and society, too. Right. Right. It feels super consensual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's a, there's a, you know, when you go to a aquariums, and I've been to the Monterey Aquarium, I've been to the Long Beach Aquarium, I've been to the aquarium at the Mall of America in Minneapolis, nice. which is in a mall, uh, <laughs> and shouldn't be great, and is great. <laughs> it's really ridiculously great for some reason. That's um, fantastic. I don't understand. The rest of the mall is just, I believe... Four of every store. It's four. There's like four so they don't old have like More interesting things in there. It's like the biggest mall in the world now. I think. Uh, it's might be the second biggest. I think uh, Dubai did something. Oh, that's possible. Uh, but that sounds like something Dubai. Would right, do. right, right. Dubai's on board with uh, with uh, Swartzky. Um, For but, a while, Canada <clears throat> had the largest mall, West yes, Edmonton Mall, which I'd been to a couple times as a kid on family vacations. And was there um, a roller coaster? There was a, a whole amusement park, a small amusement park. Right. But then there was a water park with water slides. Yep. There was a dolphin show. So oh. an aquarium of their own. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, as I understand it, the Mall of America said, wait, America doesn't have the biggest. Let's build an add-on. Yes. And, and, uh, and they put a comedy us. club in it called the Knuckleheads. Oh, nice. Uh, for a long time. And now it's a house of comedy, which is a Canadian company. Really? Um, yeah, it's, uh, I've never heard of it. <laughs> House of Comedy is owned by some guy named Steve, okay. who owns a chain of comedy clubs up in in, in Canada. He may not oh, be the Yuck Yucks guy. I think he's a no, different guy. Mark Breslin is the Yuck Yucks guy. No, it isn't that guy. No, it's uh um. I thought his name was Steve. Maybe. And whatever, we'll we'll figure we'll, it out. Yeah, I'll, someone I'll is yelling at, the, at their Steve. iPod. I'll meet Steve one day. I You'll hope. meet Steve. You Steve. work the comedy Steve, nest. Book me. Book me. Right? Steve. Canadian comedian out of Montreal. Canadian comedian available for some stand-up <laughs> comedy work in Minneapolis. Mark Breslin. While we're at it, you too. You I'll, too. I'll do your club too. 
whatever's happening, as long as you don't want 10% of my $100 gig, which yeah. he does. Yeah, uh, well, that's, yeah, the Yuck Yucks is not my favorite. Uh, I shouldn't say that on a recording that's going to go public, but yeah. Nobody's listening. No. And especially not Mark. And, uh, it's, uh, I will say this is that, um, I did not know that he did that until Maria at the Montreal, Maria Bamford at the Montreal Comedy Festival when she accepted some sort of weird lifetime award. Okay. Um, said, Hey, I understand that one of your comedy clubs insists on a monopoly and that's yeah. not okay. Yeah. And, uh, the entire audience, half of them like, Half of them laughed and the other half just shut down. It was, that was, uh, that was the Canadian half. That was the Canadian half. That's what, that's what we, they, uh, they make aware. you sign exclusivity. Yeah. Which is you cannot perform at any club. But they book like 15 weeks a year, right? Or something like that. Or they used they to. They book you a bunch, but then they'll say, yeah, we're going to, you you can only do yuck yucks, but we're going to send you to all the yuck yucks across Canada. Yeah. So for someone like me, I'm five years in now. Yep. Uh, you know, if, they get you when you're three years in and they say, yeah. You're going to get to go on tour three years in. That sounds like a really amazing proposition right, at that right. point. You're like, oh, I can, maybe I can make a living at this. And then you get back and you say, wait, you just, you said you were sending me on tour, but you deducted from my pay, which was not great to begin with, all of the transportation costs of my flights, all of the accommodation costs of where I'm staying. Yeah. Uh, There's so basically I made indi- $14 on this right. tour that took me six weeks. Right. And I hopefully subletted my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, because of the cost of life. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's, there's, and, and of course, that is not the monopoly of that chain in Canada. Yeah. There, there are sadly comedy clubs all over the, all over the world that are just, for some reason, just complete banana heads. So they're all and doing they, that kind of stuff. Yeah, too. yeah. You're just like, why didn't you buy a liquor store, or a strip club? <laughs> why did you go into comedy? Because you clearly don't like comics. Right, yeah. And, uh, and you are trying to make a living on something that you got sick of. 14 years ago. And, and now you're like, well, I still own it. So I guess I'm still doing this. Yeah. And because the, the way great comedy scenes happen is with stage time, you know? Right. And so if you're in a, you're in a weird kind of, and the, this used to, Minneapolis used to be like this in the, in early, like 1990 till like 90, I think two or four where if you worked one of the set of clubs, the other set of clubs wouldn't let you. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, you're on the other side of town. I don't think you understand how suburbanites work. Right. Nobody's making that drive. Right, Everyone right. just goes to the club that's close to them because they think all comedy is the same. Right. Uh, and so it'd be great if your MCs and features could work every single club in that town because they will become better comics faster. Which and is what I came up in, which is uh, the two dominant clubs in Montreal yep. had that understanding of, look, we're not going to share headliners because those are our headliners. Right. Headliners are harder. But all of the locals can work both clubs. Yeah, because nobody cares. Nobody's going out to see the locals. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I saw that guy th- two months ago. And they're <laughs> like, oh, he has one new joke. All right. Yeah. And uh, and I remember when I came up in Minneapolis, the Acme, he didn't care. Lewis still doesn't care. He's like, and even with headliners, he's like, it just has to be six months. Yeah. You can do the House of Comedy. Wait six months and then do Acme because Acme's downtown Minneapolis and the House of Comedy is in Bloomington, which is a, a suburb, a southern suburb, right? Or okay, northern, yeah. whatever. But it's a good thirty minutes away. Yeah, people and are going to go to one or the other, but never one both. or the other. And then there's two other clubs, two or three other weekend rooms, mm-hmm. and there used to be more. And I'm sure, I I know of two for sure. And then I. I'm pretty sure there's at least a couple more and there's an opportunity to just do one nighters. Nice. So there's plenty of space for, you know, if you want to get stage time and it, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm glad Montreal's doing that, that, yeah, that, that nobody's gone mad. We've got all the philosophy, right? Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a good scene in the sense that there's no one's doing, you know, re- wildly offensive material. If anyone tries, they get drummed out pretty quickly because no one's going to give them stage time. Right. You're just, just like, not we don't even want to hang out with you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or Toronto's very, pretty great too. Yeah. I haven't done a lot in Toronto, but everybody I meet who comes in from Toronto, they're all really great. They're polished. They're good. Yeah. The, they're, there, there seems to be a pretty good scene there of support. Yeah. And, and that's what makes good comics, you know? Just, and in Toronto, they have the stage time. That's what we lack in Montreal is you can't do the New York thing of I'm going to do three shows a night. Uh, there just aren't, there aren't that many stages. You can uh, do three is, times a week if you're really pushing it. Right, right. And if you're, and maybe more if you were willing to open a room. 
But and then we have, yeah. there's so much work involved in opening a room that that because you said you ran an open mic for a couple of years, right? I was running it at the Comedy Nest. Yeah, I was oh, co-running okay. it with another guy, uh, and we'd swap off one week on and off. Um, right, because it's so much work. I mean, you have to is, light yeah. people and 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 sort of moderate and it was and a- be aware. It was a ton of work and we didn't even have to promote the show ourselves because the right. club was doing that already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so to start your own room independently outside of a club and then you have to promote it and try and get people to come out to it, that's just. That's a, that's a. And then you're negotiating with the venue that's hosting you and then you're. It's and there's thing. no money in it. I mean, you're no. doing it for stage time and if you're hosting it every week, you don't necessarily get to work on bits. You don't get right. to, you get to write a lot of new material. Yeah. But you can't necessarily you get work on real stuff. Real good at crowd work in there, I bet. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and uh it's it's crowd work and it's and it's new material, but you can't hone that. It's right, uh, yeah. I I know in LA when I when I end up spending a lot of time in Los Angeles and doing a lot of different venues, I'm like, well, I have to do these same jokes at least five or six times if I'm going to get the wording right. Right, yeah. And so I know you're the same 35 people that go to all the different cool kid <laughs> shows. You're going to get to hear this joke again. Congratulations. I think in a situation like that, though, if they're going to all of the shows, they're big enough comedy nerds that they kind of know how it works. They know how it works, though and... they do – they have some expectation of new stuff. Okay. Yeah. So it's – but, so there's not, but they understand. They're not necessarily the kind of crowd that's – Interested in seeing the progression from show to show and, and gaining. Maybe they are. Maybe little, I'm not, maybe that's me maybe going, yeah. Oh man, I saw that bearded dude. Cause if you, that's... if you're the kind of person who goes to all of the shows everywhere all of the time, you, you're probably the kind of fan that prides yourself on being a little bit behind the curtain, right? Right. Well, and I have had, I have gotten emails from people who have, who have seen the, the bits progress. Or who've seen, who've seen me a lot, you know, in a month or whatever, or six weeks. And then I got an email from a guy who said, I love how that one bit is coming along. And I was like, yes, it is coming along. <laughs> it's and not there yet. It's not but there it's... yet, but and I'm glad you recognize that. I say sarcastically, no. <laughs> oh, well, but, um, Jason Hattrick, it has been an hour. Just so you know. Wow. It is, uh, we are at an hour and you have done vital work and you talked almost exclusively about scuba diving. I did, yeah. We, we did do like some a, Joko. We did, yeah. We did the tiniest amount of stand-up comedy. The tiniest though. Which, uh, which I think rangers like. Dork Forest, they're like, they get, cause there's always, you know, I talk to so many comics that there's always some point where there's at least two or three minutes about stand-up. Right, yeah. Because that's what we think about all the time. If anything, maybe I provided a slightly new perspective as someone who's newer to the game than most of your guests. <laughs> there you go. And we are on this boat, you guys. Hey, uh... One last fun fact about Joko Cruz and stand-up for me. Yep. This is the very boat upon which I performed stand-up for the very first time on my very first Joko Cruise. Really? Yeah. They so had- it's my five-year anniversary... They had an open mic of some sort. They have or? an open. There will be one this week as well. Yeah, they have an open mic, and I uh, I I signed up, and it was one of those just like the scuba diving uh, and the swimming with dolphins. I've always wanted to do this. I'm going to dare myself to do it, and, and I forced myself into doing a terrible, terrible set that and, I uh, got them to take off YouTube finally. Oh my God, that's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I would. Uh, I think we would all tell you that if you were going to do stand-up comedy, don't record it the first time. Yeah. Or record it, and but just no uh, one. <laughs> put it in a vault. Exactly. And then look at it and go, ha I'm much better than this now. Yeah. So. I had forgotten that it was on YouTube. And then uh, an aunt that I rarely see said, oh, we looked you up. Have you gotten better? Oh, my God. So I found the not, video she was talking about, wrote to the not, guy and said, could you get that down immediately? Right, because I'm actually doing that now. Yeah. Because that's the thing about stand-up. It is very addictive. Uh, if you have an addictive personality for stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. doing it once, whether you're good or not, you're like, oh, I, I, I need to do that again. Yeah. And then hopefully you get better. And you uh, did, because we worked together at the Comedy Nest in Montreal, Canada, uh, Quebec, and it's at Jason Hattrick, J-A-S-O-N-H-A-T-R-I-C-K. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jackie. This was a delight. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?